right, y'all, get ready for another edition of News and Trends with your host, Dave and Lynn. Welcome, welcome, welcome to News and Trends with Dave and Lynn. This is one of your hosts, Mr. David Coker, proprietor of Dave Mark, Inc. Um, let me see, media personality, birthday boy this month. I got to put that out there. You know, uh, brother about to see another birthday. Um, marketing specialist, you name it, man about town, and all around good guy. Um, here with my partner, Mr. Leonard Young. What's going on, sir? Yep, David, everything is good. This is Leonard Young, CEO of National Black Guide, DelawareBlack.com, Black Media Specialist, all-around good guy. Dave, everything's good. No no complaints. Okay, that's good, man. That's good. Uh, well, welcome back to the world. And um, it's uh, Tuesday, guys, and, you know, we made it through another weekend. Um uh, for those uh, that don't know, it's Black History Month, y'all. <laughs> Just for those that don't know. Uh, so happy Black History Month, everybody. Hopefully, uh, you know, you're finding out some fun facts and things that would um, um, enhance your 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 knowledge and everything as far as Black history is concerned. And it doesn't even have to be history, history. It could be black presence at the moment, you know, right. uh, great things right. going on right now, you know? So, um, like news and trends with Dave and Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, hey, there it is. There you go. Right. There. Black, so, black history so. in the making. Yeah. There you go. Black excellence there. So was, uh, any, any, anything exciting happened with you over the weekend, sir? Um, I, uh, Tagged along to a baby shower in Houston. Uh, one of my wife's cousins went to Houston. Um, so it was a good time. They, we went to this place called Turkey Leg Hut. Not sure if you've heard of it, but they give you these, uh, damn, how did I say some big ass turkey drumsticks? And each of the different options for the drumstick is like, um, an entree. So they had like, I got these, uh, or I got a turkey leg. That was almost like smothered and covered in like a Hennessy flavored barbecue sauce. Dave, you talk about on point that the turkey was cooked perfectly. Um, me and my wife took naps after that, you know, but, um, they had a lot of different options. They had, <laughs> could, you um, taste, could you taste, could you taste alcohol in, the, in it? Um, I could taste a little bit of the sweetness. I can't say, cause you know, a lot of time when they cook the alcohol, it kind of evaporates a little bit, but, um, I mean, it, it was good. It was good. My, I think my wife had the, um, like, uh, um, Alfredo chicken out. No, no, she, she had some, some combination, but they also had like a, um, uh, uh, macaroni and cheese, shrimp, turkey leg. And I mean, they, they had a couple of different options, but it, it was on point. Now, is this a popular place down here? Uh, apparently, yes. So luckily when we went, there was no line, but I heard, you know, on the weekends and, you know, when you go that, you know, you can expect to stand in line to wait to be seated. So it, it was good. Went to this other place, got some, uh, I guess authentic Texas barbecue. And, you know, it's funny. I'm not really a barbecue person, but, um, I will say that that brisket was on point. So it, it was a good experience. Okay. Um, uh... 
Uh, you see uh, our man Guy Fieri out uh, running around there. Um, you know, um, nah. you know. <laughs> no, 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 no guy. Okay, because you know he knows all. He know, you know he knows all them places, right? right you know, right. so yeah. Um, well, that's that's good. See, I want to be Leonard in my next life, y'all. You know, I could be talking to Leonard. Leonard would be in Delaware one moment, and the next uh, couple of hours he'll be in Houston, Texas. You know, and I'd be like, "You where?" <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Are you going where? You know, so he don't let no grass grow under his wings. You know, well, I mean, uh, I, you know, between I be trying to, wife. I be trying to, because uh, I know you so, be trying. To, I know you be trying to get out of it, but don't I mean, I mean sometimes cause you know, you you know, some somebody you just got a lot of work to do, but at the same point, you don't want to mm-hmm. pass up no experiences either. So, um, it was mm-hmm. good. Her uh, uncle got me drunk one night. He had all these um, expensive vodkas and tequilas and talking about, taste this, drink this. And by the end of the night, I was like, man, I was like, I think he did that on purpose, but it's all good. Well, you know, I'm sure you didn't mind being his guinea pig, you know, so I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, Dave, somebody got to do it. Some somebody had to represent for news and trends, you know, uh, yeah, sing, you sing, go, sam- sampling I, all these great liqueurs. Yeah, I uh, know. Uh, and you, yeah, I would say, okay. Uh, I said, let me get my taster up here for you, you know. <laughs> you know, Leonard Leonard drinks enough for the both of us, folks. So you know, uh, uh, you know. So well, Dave, and yeah, uh, and all due fairness, since you don't drink. The both of us, enough for the both of us could be a very minimal amount as well. Oh, mm, okay. Uh, guys, if you believe that, I got some land I can sell you. So, you know, <laughs> so he's not, Leonard is not a minimalist when it comes to drinking. Oh, my goodness. Me. Here you so, go. <laughs> <laughs> so. But anyway, uh, well, I'm glad to hear that you had a good time, man. You know, I, you know, I spent another boring weekend in Delaware, man. What can I say? You know, uh, I ain't doing anything but work and, and that's about it, man. You know, uh, no football on this weekend, you know, uh, you know, it was just, I just chilled, man, you know, so I, I want to be like you someday, you know? All right. Well, you know, say, say your prayers and, you know, one day, mm-hmm. one day, uh, Okay. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Um, uh, well, well, I did do one thing, uh, this weekend, um, you know, um, which, uh, we'll, we'll talk about shortly. And like I, I said earlier, um, we talk, it's Black History Month. So, you know, of course, you know, we've been trying to, uh, do a lot of stories that center around Black History Month and, you know, um, you know, of course, we've had a lot of crazy stories, you know, um, recently, but we're trying to keep things on a positive note. Um, as long as the news allows us to, you know, because we try to talk about a little bit of everything. That's one of the things that um, our listeners really like about the show is because we try to be very diversified as far as the news that we report and we try to talk about stories that a lot of other people aren't talking about. So, and that makes, that makes us unique. Right, sir? That is absolutely correct. They, they, they don't call us news yeah. and trends for nothing. There you go. There you go. So, so, um, let's, uh, 
let's get started in talking about what we're going to talk about um, tonight. If, oh, well, why don't you tell them what we are going to talk about before we uh, start our show? All right. So, Dave, first we're going to talk about the the Grammys, the best, the worst, the most shocking moments. Then we're going to talk about the New York schools slash food vendor who served chicken and waffles and watermelon on the first day of Black History Month. After that, we're going to talk about the Memphis officer who saved a suicidal teen on the I-40 bridge. Then we're going to speak about the list of Forbes Black billionaires, which includes Oprah, Tyler Perry, and others. And then our last topic is going to be was Babe Ruth Black. And then, of course, after that, we have the the infamous Dave's Corner orchestrated by none other than <laughs> the news, news and Trends Dave Coker. Such a hater. Really, really such a hater. Anyway, um, but um, so our first story I'm going to talk about is the one thing I did get a chance to do, which was watch the Grammys on Sunday night that my partner apparently did not get a chance to look at. He told me he was going to look at it after he was out of town. I will say that. But when he, he said he was going to try to peep some of the stuff, you know, because I wanted to have a conversation about this. It is Black History Month. The Grammys was trying to be nice to us and, and, and throw in a lot of black history um, and black excellence. And that night, you know, they were trying to make a comeback. Um um, because, you know, they have been ostracized as far as, you know, how their voting goes and how they put put us in certain categories that, you know, where we can't seem to win certain awards. So um, that particular night was supposed to be redeeming. Um, there were some great performances that night. Um, show opened with Bad Bunny, um, who got up there and did did uh did his thing and then um there were some other great performances i know uh lizzo performed um quavo did a tribute um to take off from the migos um <laughs> did you hear about the controversy as far as that i, was I did i mean it, you know i heard about it i didn't even want to read into it. i just kind of kept on going but yeah it was yeah, crazy. That's, that's really a shame, you know, um, for those of you who don't know, apparently there was a fight before that performance because uh, Offset wanted to perform with him and, and Quavo didn't want him to. So so they got into a little disagreement, but it was a touching tribute to uh, take off um, during the memorandum section where they were showing the people who had died for, uh, in memorandum for the last year. Also, um, um, let me see. Like I said, Lizzo performed. Who else performed? Uh, Mary J. Blige got up there and killed it. You know, uh, Mary being Mary. Um, there was the first ever transgender person, female, to win an award. So that was big. Um, you know, um, you know, openly transgender. Mm-hmm. But the the night kind of belonged to Beyonce, who didn't perform, because Beyonce broke the record for the most Grammys by getting her 32nd Grammy that night. So she got 31 and 32 that night. Wow. That made her become the most awarded Grammy um, 
re, uh, recipient of all time. So hats off to Queen B. She didn't perform, but she didn't have to because she, you know, she still was the star of the show. But what, what was so funny when she got her first award, she wasn't even there. She was on stuck in traffic on her way. Was there. she? And oh so, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I heard the guy said uh, a comment. What, what did he say? Trevor Noah. Yeah. Trevor Noah was up there saying, <laughs> saying he went to give the award and um two of the producers now rogers was one of them and then i forget who the other guy was came up on stage to accept the award for her because she wasn't there and they said uh and they bet they said oh cp time <laughs> you know like that right and so but they said well beyonce you know if anybody could be late it's gonna be it could be beyonce and nobody gonna say a word about it you know so right. when she got there she they took her word over to her and presented it to her at the table she was sitting at. But, um, gotcha. but, uh, but yeah, so Beyonce holds the record uh, for 32 um, Grammy awards. Also um, a big surprise was um, um, Viola Davis came out to present an award and they, they said they introduced Viola Davis and they said, and new EGOT, winner viola davis she had just won an award earlier that night for um for a um reading that she did um i think it was a books on a book on tape that mm-hmm. she did and she won the award for that which made her an egot so now she has she know she was a winner when she came out or um, I mean, like, yeah, but she had found out. Yeah, she found out they awarded it prior to the show. You know, they get a lot of awards earlier. Right. So she found out prior to the show, but it was announced to everybody when she came out that she is now an EGOT, you know, gotcha. winner, you know. Okay. So, so, um, so, of course, that was a big surprise. So, um, hats off to Viola Davis. Uh, definitely one of the best actresses that we have out there in the world. Um, let me see. But the big thing, there was two big events that went on that night. The the uh, tribute to hip-hop, the 50-year anniversary of hip-hop. Man, you know, everybody was salivating for this. And Philly's own Questlove from The Roots was the orchestrator of this whole thing. The Roots also played. Um, the band also played. You know, this was so big that The Roots, who had been with Jimmy Fallon, since Jimmy Fallon's first show, you know, Jimmy Fallon started on the Late Late Show. Mm-hmm. And then he took over Johnny Carson's show for Jay Leno, the Late Show. And The Roots has been with him from the Late Late Show all the way through the Late Show. So they've been with him over 20, 20 years now. Yeah. I mean, so, in a minute. Yeah. And they could have left, you know, like, but he said he did not want to do the Late Show without The Roots. And that's, how, you know, that's how connected that they are. You know, they have never missed the show. The Roots have never missed the show. But Friday night, they were not there because they were doing this tribute to... Oh, uh, uh, like the rehearsals? To, uh, yeah, yeah. So they did, They were not there on Friday shows. The first time ever, they didn't play back up to him. He said it was the strangest thing because he's always used... It was like Michael talked about how he would look to his left and Jermaine was always there. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Um, um, he said it was really weird, but what he did was brought in Paul Schaefer, who was the band leader for David Letterman. Yeah. 
and had his band fill in for him. It was really, it was really weird, but it was really cool uh, what they did that night to replace the Roots. But the Roots did their thing. Um, Questlove, man, Questlove is a genius, man. That's all I got to say. You don't know, pe- people don't know a lot about Questlove. But if you look at look up Questlove mm-hmm. and his contributions to music, right, and just the culture in itself, Questlove deserves a place, you know, in the books. You know what I mean? Right. Because that dude, man. He's a DJ, he's a producer, he's a writer. I mean, he does everything. Almost every major black event that goes on, Questlove is usually somewhere around. You ever notice that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has popped up at a lot of different things. And, of course, you know, he goes out there and he finds those films last year. And, uh, unfortunately, you know, his award, he, he was awarded <laughs> an Oscar <laughs> right. doing the the most controversial part of the Oscars last year. Um, but, you know, the guy just, everything he touches is gold. And this tribute that he pulled up, he pulled out that night with um, with the whole tribute to hip-hop. He only had, now get this, he only had 12 minutes to get all of this music out and get all right. these people out on stage. So, but of course, you know, we... Black people, black people being black people, <laughs> you can't satisfy, you can't satisfy everybody, right? Right. So he had a number of people to come out on stage, um, you know, um, but of course everybody talked about the people who were not a part of it, you know, like you know, uh, when you think about tribute to hip hop. Who's some of the names that would pop right in your head that you would say automatically you already know that they're gonna be a part of this today? Who would you think of right away? Jay Z, Nas, Snoop, Lil Wayne. None um, of them. Well, none of them was a part of this tribute. Mm-hmm. See how you named all four of those right there? Yeah. Now Jay Z was there. But now I was saying that Jay-Z defense. Hip hop is so large, you know, then it's kinda of like, okay, are we talking about seventies? 80s, 90s, well, the 2000s. They, they, no, they went, they went back to the beginning, all the mm-hmm. way up to present. Yeah. So, so well, I mean, I, I just say that in terms of there's so many, so you know, leaving people out, and you know, I, I mean, I can't imagine who wouldn't want to, but do, do you think there's anybody who would not want to perform or would have passed it by, been like, nah, I'm good. Well, I know Will was supposed to, Will Smith was supposed to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Jazzy Jeff was a part of it, but okay. Will wasn't supposed to be a part of it, but they just started shooting Bad Boys 4 and he couldn't oh, okay. get away. Yeah. So that's why he wasn't there, even though he was supposed to be. Um, mm-hmm. um, so, but you just named four big names. Yeah. That should have been performing during this segment. And none of them did perform. Now, in, in defense, Lil Wayne and Jay Z performed later on that night to, together. Okay. But Nas and Snoop were not a part of that thing. Were Were they in you attendance? Know? I didn't see Snoop. Now, of course, Snoop might have been there because he seemed to be everywhere. Right. Uh, he might have been there, but I didn't see Snoop. Dr. Dre was there because he accepted an award. Um, a special award. He got a, a some type of lifetime award. Dr. Dre did, and he mentioned the whole thing, but he didn't perform. But of course, you know, uh, that doesn't surprise me that he wouldn't have performed. You know, because he's no more as a producer than a performer. Right. So you know, so 
but Puffy wasn't in it. I mean, when I, think, when I think of all stars of hip hop, I, I don't think of Puffy though. But yeah, but all but his bad boy, none of his bad boy acts were in there either. I mean, the locks was in there, but the locks I don't think was represented bad boy at the time. Gotcha. You know, um, you know, um, you didn't see anybody from No Limit. You know, any of them guys. You didn't see any. Really, uh, the only person from the from Atlanta was Big Boy. T.I. was there, but T.I. didn't perform. Uh, you know, it was just interesting. It wasn't, and, you know, so a lot of people were also saying that uh, it wasn't enough of female representation. I mean, uh, Lil' Kim didn't perform. Lil' oh, Kim wasn't. Did, did they have salt huh? and pepper? Did they have salt and pepper? Salt and pepper performed. Okay. And it, I don't know. They must have beat Cinderella up. Let me tell you why. <laughs> and so in the opening credits, they mentioned salt and pepper with Spinderella, right? In mm-hmm. the opening credits, but when they came out on stage, it was just Salt and Pepper. Damn! So they must have tied Spinderella up and put backstage or something. I don't know what happened. To Hold Spin. on, so, uh, Spinderella wasn't let... on the DJ. Like they they didn't have her on the DJ thing. Um, no, she wasn't out there. I'm oh, sorry. Wow. She didn't come out with them. Yeah. So, so now um, Queen Latifah was out there. The females was Queen Latifah, uh, Missy Elliott, um, Salt and Pepper. That was it. Yeah, of all the females, out of all the females in hip hop, Lil Kim, no Lil Kim, no Foxy, no. Yeah, it was you know, of course everybody was having to fit. Oh, Glorilla, the young girl, Glorilla, um, also was out oh, there. Oh, she was out there because <laughs> she represents the new, you know, the new yeah. stuff. Right, right. Her and Lil Baby were like the last two. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. I, mean, I mean to be honest, I'm, I'm not too surprised because it's like okay, it's only twelve minutes long, like. And to but be honest, Dave, if Nikki, I'm pro- no Nikki, no Eve, no no Megan. It, if I'm producing it, I'm gonna bring out my people. People, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, okay. you know, I'm I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hook my people up. Okay, all right, all right, well, yeah, but I mean, you know, he did a good job with the people that he did have out there. I mean, the representation was pretty good. Right. I mean, you know, from you know, from Run DMC to even Method Man got out there rapped, and you know, Method Man was out there. Uh, you know, um, they had Grandmaster Flash and Furious Five. I mean, you know, they, um, Rock Kim. I mean, so they had some people, you know. So, but it was it was very entertaining, uh, you know. And, and of course, Quest made it work, you know, because that's what he does. So, right. and so that was pretty cool. And the last thing, and so the. There was also a big controversy about record of the year because, you know, white people love Harry Styles. <laughs> Harry Styles <laughs> is like the white, he's the white version. I mean, the male version of. Like Jay-Z of, or somebody? No, no. He's the male version of, um, of um, what's the name? Um, Taylor Swift. You know, you know mm-hmm. how, how everybody's crazy about Taylor Swift. Well, they love Harry not, Styles. Not everybody, but yeah. Oh, you don't like you don't like no them? no no I'm, I mean there there there's a, a large black delegation that is uh anti Taylor Swift yeah well, but yeah but they ain't gonna stop her from getting her back oh no no tell you. yeah you know tell, look Taylor look Beyonce went out there and got that 24 million for that 75 um uh, minute concert Taylor right. can go out there and do the same thing you know that right you know so um but um um but Harry Harry Styles won album of the year 
over Beyonce, over um, Mary J. Blige, over uh, who else was in that category? Lizzo. Um, um, there was somebody else in there. Somebody else big, but it, uh, um, what you call them? Um, uh, who else was in that category? I forget. But anyway, he, you know, he beat he beat. Beyonce. Now, Beyonce's been nominated four times for Album of the Year and never won. You can tell. You're telling me that the four albums that were nominated, and I know you're on. You're not the biggest Beyonce fan. Or my, my 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 wife is. It it plays continuously. <laughs> but but did she did she comment on this? So I mean, but we we were both together. So I mean, I, I did see. I know, things but, but as... I mean, but I know she. No comments since she heard, though. That's what I mean. I mean, not specifically. Now, I did hear them talk about a lot of judges don't vote for Beyonce because they feel like she wins too many awards, too many accolades, which which, which I understand what they're saying. You kind of want to spread it around. But if you're the best, you're the best. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, that's kind of a toss up. Yeah, everybody was just so shocked when Harry Styles won it. I was like... Yeah, well, you know, that was like, you know, <laughs> when Taylor Swift won that year and, 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 and our boy came up on stage and said, Oh, yeah, kind Okay, of. no disrespect. <laughs> but, but <laughs> you know, he said, You had a nice album, but Beyonce had the best album of the year. Right. Definitely had the best album of the year, you know, so. Um, but um, I don't, it was it was an entertaining show, but the, and then they wrapped it up. Um, DJ Khaled was up for record of the year where God did, where God did, you, mm-hmm. you know, the song God did. Yeah. Okay. So, um, they didn't win and he was sitting there cause they caught Mary and him and a couple other people with screw faces on when they didn't win. It was so funny. You know, he was sitting there pissed, man, that he didn't win. Right. So they do God did to close the show him, Lil Wayne, you know, um, um, Rick Ross, you know, um, Jay-Z, man, they killed it, too. I ain't going to lie. They killed it. Uh, I'm telling you, if you get a chance, look up that look that performance up. They they did their thing on that. At the end, you know, you know, Khaled says his little part, you know, and he said, God did it, y'all. He put this group <laughs> together. They did their thing. They didn't think we could do it. They also didn't think we deserved to win. <laughs> you Damn. Know? But God did anyway, you know, right. and he walked off. You, still, you can tell he's still pissed off that they didn't win it that day, you know, so. <laughs> but Khaled is funny, man. But, um, yeah, it was, um, it was definitely, um, it was definitely a night. That was probably the blackest Grammys ever been. I'm telling you, the Grammys has ever been. So and, I wanted to make sure I brought I, that up tonight, even though, huh? I was going to say, and I, and I missed it all. Yeah, I know. I said I wanted to bring that up tonight uh, because even though Leonard didn't watch it, I tell you, it's hard having somebody who you work with, you know, that you can't talk about everything with. You know, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get a, another co-host to fill in 
we're gonna have to have a third co-host on to talk <laughs> current stuff with me. You know, stuff that I, you know, if I need to talk sports, I can talk sports. So if I need to talk stuff like I just talked, they can chime in on it. And you know, because Leonard, y'all, man, I don't know what Leonard be doing. In fact, I, I, I already got somebody. I'm gonna bring on my buddy uh, Cynthia Tire on, and you oh, know, so, so you know, we, we, we're gonna have we're gonna have a good trifecta or uh wait 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 are are you are you you serious you just messing with me right there right no i'm I'm serious starting next week she's our new she's our new (laughs) co-host i'm sorry our our tri host okay a tri host okay all right you may okay. Hey, Cynthia, you hold them to it. You know, yeah. Um, you hear what we, he says, right? We okay. we, we got to bring right. her on. But Cynthia, ain't, look, Cynthia ain't gonna talk to me about the Grammys, and she ain't gonna talk to me about football. Oh no, no, no. She is. She so. is gonna talk to you about the Grammys. She she gonna talk her, about her, some music. Oh, because yeah. uh, she's gonna tell me she was there, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I tell you, all right. Yeah. All right, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. But anyway, but that was, <laughs> I'll tell you, this, uh, I'm not even going to go there anymore with you, Leonard. Uh, so that was our first story for tonight. Let's move on to our next story. Uh, why don't you go in and fill us in on this one? Sure, Dave. Um, Our next story is about, a, and I mean, it's almost too crazy to believe, but we talk about it every single week. On the first day of Black History Month, there was a middle school in New York, um, a little bit outside of New York City, that served chicken, waffles, and watermelon on the first day of Black History Month. How how does that sound to you, Dave? Uh, That sounds racist to me. Right, right. So um, They try to put us in a box, man. They try to put us in a box. Yeah. So Nyack Middle School's principal called the meal an unfortunate situation when he sent a letter to parents last week, Thursday, and it report, guess who the food vendor was? So when they talked about the food vendor, I'm thinking it's going to be somebody independent. It was Aramark. And you know, Aramark's in a lot of schools, a lot of businesses, a lot of stadiums and all that. And they actually made a, so, um, Chicken and waffles was not on the menu for uh, February 1st. They actually made a last-minute change to the meal without telling the school administrators. Isn't that crazy? Dave, can can you imagine yeah, as a somebody, kid, somebody, somebody must have paid somebody yeah. must have paid some money to somebody. Yeah, but, 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 but you, you know, it's almost like, okay, how many uh, quote-unquote hands did this have to go through where nobody said anything? You know, like, like, was there not one black person on that logistics crew who was like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You serving chicken, waffles, and watermelon on the first day of Black History Month? So, um, yeah. there, there was. What's the, this... ma- what's the, um, what's the makeup of the, uh, excuse me, what's the makeup of the school as far as the, the, um, um, as far as their races and everything go, um, so I'm not sure because it's it talks about the the middle school. It doesn't say the name of it, mm. so um, okay. unfortunately, we do not know. But um, the NIAC NAACP told CBS if they had served chicken and waffles by itself, I don't know if we would be having this conversation. But the minute 
the moment you add watermelon, <laughs> that changed the whole complexion, literally. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, a, that's a whole other story yeah. right there. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's just crazy. Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. What are you saying? Fruit salad or something, but. Yeah, so. You know. They, yeah. They, um, even though I'm, I'm sure, if, I'm sure the black, I'm, sh- I'm sure the black kids wasn't was feeling it though. I'm sure. I mean, yeah, maybe. Well, you know, I'll tell you, funny. Yeah. When did when did chicken and waffles become popular? Because in middle school and elementary school, I never heard of that. It wasn't until I got to probably college where people were like, oh, chicken and waffles, Roscoe's chicken and waffles. Right, and that's when I think it really took off is when they started talking. Have you ever been to Roscoe's, by the way? Um, so I've never been to L.A., so I, I have not. Oh, okay, and so I got something over you. Okay. You I've actually been there. I've actually been there to that place um, a couple times, matter of fact. And it's funny because, you know, how you hear talk about all these places, like, you know, that place, or I'm sure – you know, of course, you know, Sweetie Pies and those kind of places you always right. think about, you know, they're going to be these grandiose places when you go mm-hmm. in there. I was so disappointed when I went into Roscoe's Chicken and Waffle because it was just like a plain place, you know, right. nothing fancy about it. But they did have some stuff up on the wall, you know, you know, history wise, you know, famous people that are eating there and stuff like that. Because uh, um, I walked in, I was like, this is it. <laughs> That's what I said to myself. But but the chicken and waffles though, man, was good. I ain't gonna lie, it was, was good? definitely good, you know. But uh, and that was the first time I ever had chicken and waffles was there, um, because now I know like Virginia and some and North Carolina and places when you go south, it's a big thing. But it was never really a big thing here in Delaware, right? You know, until. I mean, you know, even at the Waffle House, they, you know, it wasn't even a big thing at the Waffle House here, you know. But then, you know, what scene that really made it, make it come really big here is when the Metro Diner opened. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah, you ever had their chicken and waffles? No, I mean, I, I've been to the so I'm not a big waffle person. So you know, and to oh, me, I'm like, God, okay, chicken right. waffles. I, you know. I, I do that at the house, so I'm probably not going to, you know, I get my little chicken tenders, put them in the microwave, get my get my little toaster waffles and, you know, chicken waffles right there. See, see, he doing the chicken tenders, folks. See, he don't even get this. Okay. When you go to, when you go to Metro Diner, they give you mm-hmm. pieces of chicken, not, not, right. not, not. Right. Okay, so you get, and they usually give you like four pieces. Like you get a wing, you get a leg, you get a thigh, and you get a breast. Okay. And they put it on this real big giant waffle, and they with with the uh, strawberry butter that you put on the waffle, mm-hmm. and they give you this syrup that has hot sauce in it that you pour over the chicken. Right, man, it is so good. I'm telling it, you, it's on you, point. You gotta try it once. And their chicken, surprisingly, they make a very good piece of chicken. They do, they do. It's got good flavor. So. You got to try their chicken and waffle one time, man. I'm telling you. Okay. Well, Even if you don't eat the waffle. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> yeah, so uh, next next time I go out, I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah, there you go. You got to try it. You got to try it. You know, I thought I thought we went over there one time. And I thought you tried it, but I guess you didn't. No, so, you know, 
I personally, I love Scrapple and pancakes and eggs. So, you know, that, yeah, yeah. you know, that's usually my meal yeah, I'm choice. A I'm a, I'm a Scrapple eat, eater too, but I don't, I, I only eat the turkey or the beef Scrapple. So. Yeah. You know, Dave, real quick, back, everybody to the, has back to the story real quick. I see um, in 2018 for Black History Month, Aramark also did um, a, a, African-American centered meal to New York University. They did barbecue, cornbread, collard greens, Kool-Aid, and watermelon flavored water. Watermelon flavored. Right. And and they served that to New York University. So they got (laughs) to think about watermelon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they think all black people like watermelon, I guess. I mean, I mean, I can't lie. I love watermelon, but... You know, that's neither here yeah, nor there. Yeah. Wow, that's deep. Uh, that is funny. I like watermelon too, but not not in the set. Well, I liked it. I told you, I like the uh, 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 it's um, I like the yellow one. Have you uh, the yellow watermelon? I told you, I've told you about the yellow watermelon. Yeah, you before. told me about that one. So, yeah, Dave, yeah, let, let me ask you a question real quick. You go to a company um, work, well, you go to a company lunch and it's catered. And even though it's not your case, let's say all your coworkers are white. Are you getting watermelon? You know, if they have a little pan of fruit and they have watermelon, are you going to get watermelon? The only time I get watermelon at, at any type of event is if it's like, I, if it's just watermelon by itself, I usually don't. Okay. But like, if I if it's like a fruit mix or something like a mixed fruit type thing, I'll I'll do that. But normally, if I'm and especially if there's a lot of white people there, no, they ain't getting me like that, man. I ain't gonna mm-hmm. see or catch me eating no watermelon. Yeah. No. I mean, it, it, it almost re- reminds me of one of those Dave Chappelle or a Key and, a Key and Peele skit where. Once you get in front of the watermelon, everyone starts looking at you. Be like, okay, is he gonna get the watermelon? Is he not gonna get the watermelon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, um, yeah, this is this is an unfortunate situation. Um, I, I it's it's really a shame we don't have the numbers in front of us to see see if this is a predominantly white school or predominantly black school to find out you know, why they did what they were thinking. It's probably a predominantly black school now. I yeah, think I'm, of it I'm sure. Because it's got to be. It's got to be, yeah. So Because because they, but, if it was a predominantly white school, them little white kids would have tore up that chicken and waffles and watermelon and not and wouldn't have said a word it. And wouldn't have said a word about nope. it. Yep, wouldn't have said a word for it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, uh, Aramark, you know. Shame on you guys. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Shame mm-hmm. on you guys. So, um, we'll see how much we'll, we'll we'll see how many schools will um, keep you employed if you keep that kind of stuff up. So, right. See what happens. So, all right. Moving on to our next story. Um, this story is. You know what? I'm going to read. I'm going to read a little bit of this story. I I I wanted to bring this to us to our attention because this happened in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, right after the uh, 
situation with the five officers. Um, well, that turned into eight officers down there in uh, Memphis. That turned into and, eight uh, officers and three M three M three EM yeah EMTs and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so here's the story: a Memphis police officer was able to talk a seventeen a suicidal seventeen year old off the I forty bridge Thursday. Memphis police posted a touching picture on their Facebook page of the teenage boy hugging a female officer who came to his rescue. MPD, uh, Memphis Police Department said that said officers responded to the call about a suicidal person on the edge of the I-40 bridge over the Mississippi River. Then said Officer Shaw was they said Officer Shaw was able to gain the trust of the team who was outside the ledge of the bridge and the ledge of the bridge contemplating suicide. The teen told her he was a new father and that life was too stressful. Police said Shaw and mother told the teen she understood and he, what he was going through. After about 15 minutes of talking to him, she convinced him to hold on to her while she pulled him off the ledge to safety. Um, there was a picture of the two of them embracing, which kind of went viral, this particular picture. Um so the officer was able to um, pull the kid off the bridge. And, you know, we hear so much about police officers who are not doing their job. And here we had a police officer who actually went above and beyond and saved this kid's life by just taking the time to talk to him and talk him, literally talk him off the ledge. You know, um, um, <clears throat> when we think about our kids and you and I keep we've had a few conversations over the last few weeks talking about kids and our kids and so forth. You know, there's so much pressure that a lot of these kids are under. Here it is, this kid, 17 years old. He's a father. Just became a father, I guess. And, you know. He's probably having the world come down on him. I'm sure that, you know, maybe his family was giving him a hard time. You know, her family probably giving him a hard time. And he didn't know what direction to turn into. He's probably was still in school, you know. I mean, anything, you know, you figure all that could probably be going wrong in that person's life probably was what drove him to stand up on the led to that bridge and get ready to jump. But obviously, he really didn't want to do it. You know, he probably got compelled to go up. But how compelled was he really to jump? He was probably just calling out for help at the time. Right. Thank God for this particular officer that she was able to take the time to 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 talk to him and to get him to um to come down. And, and 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 come down and spend that time with her. And um, hopefully this serves as a new beginning for him and maybe she's able to help him in finding the resources that maybe could help him in coping with the things that are 
excuse me, the things that are going on in his life at this particular moment. You know, this was a feel good story as far as I was concerned, you know, because, you know, that officer could have rolled by and just let him jump. You know, that would have been one less black kid that they had to worry about, you know. Um, but she took the time. She stopped. She talked to him and she got him to come down. That I felt was a powerful, powerful story. And I just wanted to make sure that because we hear about the other side of Memphis and what was going on over there. Right. And here we have a, a story of an officer actually saving a young man as opposed to putting one to death, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, I, I definitely agree. I think um, just like anybody, like, you know, we all have friends, family, people we work with. There's going to be some good people. There's going to be some bad people. And there's going to be some people, you know, we just, don't mess with, don't like, and don't do good. And you're right. There, there are a lot of officers that, that do a great job. And it is unfortunate that there are a few bad apples that kind of, you know, ruin the bunch. But, you know, Dave, on the flip side, and I'm sure you know, but, you know, being a parent is hard. Being a new parent is scary. And I, I can see the anxiety, especially if you're a young parent who is not ready and, you know, one thing I always think that they say about black men is, you know, black women, they go through issues. They got their girlfriends. They got their mamas. They got their sisters. They got their friends, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, a lot of black men, when they go through issues, they don't always have that same outlet. And, you know, a, a lot of people just feel, OK, you're a man, you know, suck it up. Don't cry about it. You know, deal with it. But, you know, we already know that, you know, you know everybody needs help sometimes. So I hope he gets the help he needs to learn how to deal with it because I mean, granted, um, you know, he's going to be a new father, but you know, that right there is just the beginning, you know, wait, <laughs> you know, be, being a father yeah. can be, be tough after the birth. And, you know, when they get in elementary, it's got to be tough. And when they get in middle, it's got to be tough. And Dave, wait, wait till they go to college. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, go yeah, that's a whole another world right there. So um, you know, we had a situation that happened at my job today where there was a young guy, twenty years old, and who was dealing with some mental issues and he kinda of freaked out there at work today and you know, unfortunately we had to but I could tell he was having he had some mental, you mm -hmm. know, instabilities and so forth and um, but, you know, the cops were called because he was being a little threatening, you know, at the time. Right. And turns out he's telling people, you know, his mother worked for the state of Delaware. And it turned out she was, she did. She worked in one of our other offices. And, um, you know, and so one of the supervisors said, well, you know, I, I got your mother on the phone. You know, I called your mother, you know, and so forth. And said that the mother was going to be coming over there and he was, you know, he didn't want the mother to come and all this stuff. Well, make a long story short, when I got back in my office after everything kind of settled down a little bit, the mother actually called me um, because um, um, a lot when stuff like that happens, I'm usually one of the people that they talk to. And so um, I'm talking to the mother and the mother is basically saying, you know, you know, he's schizophrenic, you know, he has, you know, 
other uh, mental disabilities as well. And, you know, and I could see, you know, because this guy was, you know, he was talking a bunch of, you know, threatening, saying a bunch of threatening stuff, but he never, you know, he balled his fist up like he wanted to hit our security guard or whatever, but he never, you know, hit the, you know, he never mm-hmm. tried to hit him or anything like that. So, you know, I could tell that he was threatening, but he wasn't violent, that type right. of thing, right? So in talking to his mother, she kind of, you know, definitely said that that was true. You know, she said uh, he wouldn't hit anybody. You know, he just gets very, very angry. And, um, you know, she cried on the phone because she said, and unfortunately, I'm a trigger. If I came there right now, things would just go south, even worse. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, he just, you know, he, he gets so upset that, you know, I can't help him the way he wants me to help him. You know, and, uh, you know, that's pretty bad when you hear stories like that and, you know, you're dealing with your kids and like this young man, you know, he uh, we don't know what his home situation is and and what's going on at home. But he could be in a it could be a situation where, you know, um, maybe things aren't that good at home, you know, and maybe he couldn't turn to his parents or whatever the case may be. So. But this is just good that this officer came along at the time that she did and was able to save him and to keep him from doing something that would have been, you know, something that uh, would have definitely been regrettable for everyone involved, you know, so. Right. Yeah. So, but I, I wanted to, I wanted to definitely mention that story. Um, Cause when I heard, heard about the story, I was, I actually, my pastor mentioned it um in church on sunday and i marked it right then and there i thought oh, i gotta look that up because I, that was right after you know all the other stuff you know and i said well we got to talk about something positive going mm-hmm. on there with the cops so sure so i just wanted to make sure i mentioned that so okay so kudos to officer shaw and thank you for saving that young man's life so um we're going to move on to our next story, which is, uh, you know, it's Black History Month, right? So I guess you can say this is uh, definitely Black History um, because we are going to now talk about the um, people on the Forbes list, the the Black billionaires that are on the Forbes list now. You know, Leonard, uh, I saw your name on there, didn't I? Did I see your name on Yeah, it? I I I think I was one of the new entries for 2020. You were one of the new yeah. entries. Yeah. I, yeah, I was okay. number uh, right. seven thousand and fifty-five. <laughs> seven thousand, huh? Yeah, at, yeah. At, Dave, I was at one point zero 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 one <laughs> billion. Okay, all right. I I hear you. I hear you. Um, well, we have a new list, and I wanted to. I wanted to take the time to uh, acknowledge those that um, that have made this list. I didn't realize this, though. Um, this list, it starts out talking about there are nearly 3,000 billionaires in the world. Precisely, it's like 2,755, uh, 2, and 14 are black. Hold on, say that one more. Only 14? 
Only 14 are black. Wow. And it's a damn shame because we probably could name half of them right now just just off of uh, the jump. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says eight are American and two of the 14 are women. So that's two of the two of them are women. Mm-hmm. Eight of them are American. Uh, so what I'm going to do is go through the list. Um, let me see. Number one is this person, Aliko Dangote. You ever are, heard that name before? Are you starting at the bottom, like the low of uh, the I'm, least billion or the most billion? Uh, this is the top. Okay, so sorry, I'm from the, the richest. Yeah, the richest one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah. This is the richest one. Yeah. So, Aliko Dangote, he is Africa's richest man, owns nearly eighty-eight percent of the publicly trade traded Dangote cement. He also owns stakes in publicity salt. Um, publicity and traded salt, sugar, and flour manufacturing companies. He's worth fourteen billion. Okay, yeah, about that so money. He's the top. He's the top. Yeah. Then we got number two is Mike and Endenuga. He's uh, Nigeria's second richest man. Built his fortune in telecom and oil, and he's worth seven point three. So he's the second. Number three is Abdusama Rabio. Rabio. Uh, he is the founder of BUA Group, a Nigerian conglomerate with interest in sugar refining. Cement production, real estate, steel, port concessions, manufacturing, oil, gas, and shipping. This part, this dude is doing it all. Yeah, yeah, getting that money. Man, cement must be a big business over there. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, you, you know, they're, they're they're doing so much construction over there. Construction can you, over there, yeah. You, you know, we we need to hit up our friend Aja, who is a Liberian and goes to Liberian guy yeah. all the time, because. I'm sure there's a lot of money to be made over there, but we just don't know what to do. Yeah, and I have to talk. I have a couple of people I work with that are Liberian. I have to ask them too. I'm going to ask them about that. Uh-huh. But he's worth uh, six point nine billion. Okay. Then we got uh, Robert Smith. Um, Smith made the fortune through the private equity firm Vista Equity Partners, which he founded in 2000. And he's worth six point seven billion. Okay, number five was David Stewart. Uh, Stewart is the co-founder and chairman of Worldwide Technology, an eleven point two billion IT provider whose customers include City, Verizon, and the federal government. Five point eight billion. Then we have Patrice Mosepi. Mosepi became a billionaire in 2008. And as the founder and chairman of Africa 
African rainbow minerals. Um, 3.3 billion. How many Africans have I said so far? Four? Is that four? Yeah. But but you said she's American or is she uh, outside? No, she's African. She's, yeah, she's, okay. she's African. Okay. Okay. Um, number seven, Shreve Masiwa, um overcame protracted government opposition to launch a mobile phone network, Ecomnet Wireless, in Zimbabwe, in his country of birth. In 1998, worth $3 billion. Zimbabwe, okay? Number eight, somebody you should know, the first uh, woman, American woman to show up on this list, Miss Oprah Winfrey. In addition to the media, entertainment, and business empire she built, Winfrey owns shares in Weight Watchers and has a partnership with Apple. Uh, Two point six billion. Number nine, Michael Jordan. Not Michael B. Jordan, but Michael Jordan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh NBA great. Jordan still has sponsorship deals with Haynes, Gatorade, and Upper Deck. Nineteen years after retiring from the NBA. <laughs> Notice what I didn't say? Nike. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so trust we, me, we, I guess we, we already know we he already paid know. for Nike for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they I heard that seven. that the Nike uh, brand is the number one selling brand of, you know, out of the Nike collection, Jordans mm-hmm. outsell Jordan non-Jordan Nikes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that too. Uh, these were 1.7. Number 10, uh, Alex Karp. Karp is the co-founder and CEO of the software firm Palantir Technologies, $1.1 billion. Number 11 is Michael Lee Chin, a native of Jamaica. Lee Chin makes his fortune investment, investing in National Commercial Bank, Jamaica, AIC Limited and other companies. He's worth two billion. Number twelve, Rihanna has a, pro- a projected net worth of one point four billion due to her ever expanding Fenty empire. Then they're only talking about the Fenty. They're not even getting right. into the music part of it, you know. Number thirteen, it's funny now. She's worth more than this guy. Uh, let me see. Jay Z became hip hop's first proven and viable billionaire thanks to what Forbes call a sprawling and diverse empire. They they ain't gonna tell you all the stuff he's been right. into, you know. One point four billion. On and bringing up the rear on this list, Mr. Tyler Perry. Uh, Tyler, the media mogul, owns Tyler Perry Studios, located in the heart of Atlanta. <laughs> That's all you need to know, <laughs> you know, because they said they said that studio is just worth billions, and now they have him listed at one billion dollars. 
So there you have it, folks. Those there are the is. top richest people in the world. Um, I guess we're in the wrong country, man. We need to be in Africa, I guess. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you, you know, I guess we need. You know, let me tell you what's weird. Not one person you listed was from the UK, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, yeah. I mean, which is a little surprising because, of course, you know, they have a a decent African-American population. Oh, I'm sorry. They have a decent black population. Black population. Yeah. Don't say African-American. Black. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's that's an interesting list. And you would think that some of those people were worth more money, right? Well, I'm I'm wondering with the economy because you know a lot of people lost money in crypto, a lot of people lost money in the stock market. So I wonder how that may be um, affecting their their money. But when you look at them white people and you're looking at you're looking at um, um, people like you know Musk and those guys, mm-hmm. and even though Musk lost a bunch of money, he's still worth a lot of money. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you know, he is. Uh, yeah. Um, um, but hey, what can you say? You know, but at least we got 14 on the list. So right. maybe maybe we'll get some more soon, you know. So, uh, but I just wanted to bring that up. So, you know, in, in lieu of Black History Month and recognizing great blackness, we got some great blackness there. So here we go. All right. What's your next story, sir? Yep. So my next one is an interesting one, Dave. And so I'm going to ask you a, a brief question. Two, two two brief questions where you can give quick answers. Have you ever heard of Babe Ruth? Of course. Is he was he white or was he black? Babe Ruth supposedly was white, but of course you're going to give me an argument to say that he might have been black. I mean, I argue that. I'm I'm just going to list some facts. Okay. So um, I was looking around on the internet the other day and I saw this list of facts about Babe Ruth talking about is Babe Ruth a brother? <laughs> so um, it was actually pretty interesting. Um, I've read what they had. I kind of did my own research. So Dave, this is what I came up with. Okay, so one of the reasons why people who say that he may have been black, these are some of the reasons that they cite. So number one, they said that he had attractive, full lips, a wide nose, and that his alleged father divorced his mother due to her infidelity. Okay, so that's one. Two. Um, described in a documentary by the baseball historian as having skin that was the color of mahogany. Okay. And we, we are, we already, we already, uh, know that Jesus reference they make. Number three, they say that he advocated for Negro League players to integrate the major leagues and barnstorm with Negro League teams. Um, I did not know what barnstorm mean. Apparently it means that. They set up games where um, not black players played non-black players, um, you know, and like kind of. That, like that, that is exactly right. Um, okay. Barnstorming. That's exactly what barnstorming <laughs> is. Um, it was very popular back in the days when you heard 
about the because the Negro League players could not play in the major in the major leagues. Right. Um, they um, only could now they could have games against major league players um, doing the off season or, you know, when they didn't have other games and they would go around from town to town playing teams like the Yankees and the, mm-hmm. and the Mets and, and, you know, um, some of the, um, the athletics and teams like that. And it would be a team of all black all-stars against, um, you know, whole, you know, um, major league baseball teams. Right. Um, also, Babe Ruth frequently violated segregation rules in various stadiums by hanging out in the black sections. He also partied in Harlem at the Cotton Club and often did so with his black girlfriend. And there was another uh, Yankees player named Ty Cobb, who was a famous baseball player, who called him a N-I-G-G-E-R. So, Dave, so I saw this post and I was yeah, like, okay. They did, they did not get along, by the way. They right. two did not get along. Um, uh, they, I don't think I get along with someone who called me N-I-G-G-R either. But, <laughs> so, you know, yep. So, so I was just taking a look. And um, so one of the things I found, this would be an entertainment weekly. They were talking about one time Ty Cobb refused to stay in the same hunting cabin with Beirut, who was, who was rumored to be of mixed blood. And Cobb, Ty Cobb said to him, I'll never, I'll never bet it down with the N-I-G-G-R and I'm not going to start now. So that's one thing I found. Also, um, it talks about Babe Ruth growing up. I saw this in another article. So Babe Ruth was born in Baltimore in 1985, one of six siblings. His father owned a saloon and his mother was an alcoholic. After his mother had an affair with one of his father's bartenders, his parents divorced. And at age seven, Babe Ruth was sent to uh, basically a boarding school. During his time at the boarding school, he was taunted with the name N-I-G-G-E-R Lips. So that's what they called him. Mm-hmm. Now, they also said he had an affair. So, so are they hitting around that the bartender was black? So they are hinting around. They they don't say it. They don't claim it. But they're just they make mention that his mother had an affair, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. which could have been a pattern. Okay, and then it also said that Babe Ruth had an affinity for black ball players at the nineteen twenty seven uh, after the nineteen twenty seven World Series where the Yankees won. He barnstormed a tour against Negro League teams. He befriended Satchel Paige, who was a famous Negro League baseball player who made it into the uh, into the the major leagues at a later in life. Um, he mingled in segregated segregated stands. This upset the baseball commissioner of the day, Kennesaw Mountain Landis. Doesn't that just sound like a good old white boy name, Kennesaw Mountain yeah, it, Landis? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, he offended the baseball commissioner and later in the life, Babe Ruth sought to become a baseball manager when he retired, but he didn't get the job because Landis knew if he hired Babe Ruth as a manager that he openly supported signing black ball players, and that's not what wanted. So he never got a chance to be a manager. And one of the last things 
Um, and this is this would be uh, an an organization called uh, B Voice, and it says this backtracks to his father and mother. After a violent incident at his father's saloon, the authorities de- decided an environment was unstable for a small child. He was removed from his parents' care and sent to uh, the boarding school. So, Dave, can you imagine if Babe Ruth's father found out that the mother um, had an affair with somebody who worked at the saloon, and then there was a violent incident at the saloon, and, uh, you know, then, of course, he was um, moved to a boarding school. And I just want to mention one more thing before you chime in. Um, I've read an article that was um, where they interviewed Babe Ruth's daughter or one of his daughters. And she said that Babe Ruth loved Satchel Paige. He thought he was a great player. Um, they formed a friendship. Of course, he tried to get him into the major league, but the time was just so um, you know, well, we know what the time was at that time, but that he really, you know, um, you know, like Satchel Page and a lot of other black baseball players. So, you know, it's just an interesting article. Everything they said, if by chance they said that he was black or did have some black line- lineage, this would all make sense. Um, if he if he didn't, then he was just a good old guy who liked black people and, you know. Um, probably had his own personal black card. Well, that's interesting. I never heard the spin that you put on it before. I mean, I've heard people have talked about, you know, Babe Ruth looking different than, you know, a lot of blacks, I mean, whites back then. Um, But I never heard it quite put the way you did. You put it. So that's interesting. Um. I didn't know the the actual relationship that he had with Satchel Page. Um, and Satchel Page was a great player. Satchel Page was actually the person that people thought was going to get called up to be the black, the first black baseball right. player to break it in, break into the major leagues. But the reason that, and because he was a very popular person. Um, you talked about the barnstorming games. Most of the people came out to see Satchel Page back in those days because he was like, he was a pitcher and nobody, he was hard to hit and he just had one of the fastest fastballs. And plus he just had that personality. He was, he was a, a he was definitely the showman. He was definitely the ringleader and everybody was just crazy about Satchel Page. Mm-hmm. So everybody just knew that when they started talking about bringing a black ball player up to the major leagues, that it was going to be him. But surprise, surprise, it was Jackie Robinson. And the reason they brought Jackie up as opposed to bringing Satchel up, because as great and as popular as Satchel was, they didn't think he had the temperament to handle what was about to come. Right. Yeah. Because he probably would have punched somebody out. Yeah. Or, you know. Uh, right. And uh, uh, that, you know, that probably, that probably would have been somebody on his team. Like, for, forget the audience. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Forget. Yeah. He, you know, Jackie, Jackie, you know, he was the perfect person to bring up because he had the temperament for it. But, you know, and Paige didn't come up till a few years later after Jackie Robinson. So, 
um, it was really, really, um, you know, something that, you know, because a lot – and Sancho Page kind of hated um, Jackie Robinson because of it, because he called – you know, he would call Jackie Robinson a bunch of names, kind of implying the house, you know, mm-hmm. N-word and all of that kind of stuff. But – you know, Jackie was the perfect person to bring up at that particular time. I didn't realize that he had such a great relationship with um, Babe Ruth. I know they they competed against each other quite a few times in those barnstorming mm-hmm. games, and they said those games were legendary. Anytime I'm that, sure. they said you couldn't get in on the field anytime that, that those guys played when they went around and they played the Yankees or the Red Sox when Babe Ruth played for either one of those teams. So, but when looking at the situation and, and the way you laid it out, that's really interesting. I mean, I guess if the bartender was, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, had some darker, you know, hue to him, and, you know, the skin tone was a little bit darker or whatever, then that could be interesting that maybe, maybe he was, I mean, you know, we never, of course, I guess, I, I guess there's ways to find out, but, yeah. you know. But that's interesting. That's interesting that they would even lay it out that way. Yeah. So, you know, I just thought it was interesting. And Dave, you will not believe it. <clears throat> when I posted this, I posted on National Black Guide. There were more than half of the people who responded who said, yeah, you know, my, my dad said he was mixed or someone told me he was like, you know, because when I posted it, I was like, oh, man, like, I don't want to get no slack. Like, well, why you post this nonsense? But I mean, like half of the of the. um responses was like okay i heard he was to the point that his teammates wouldn't room with him because he was black um maybe he you know maybe maybe he was and he just passed for white because um i don't know if you you probably never well i think one time you may have met my grandmother but she talked about when she would go down yeah when she would go down south she would pass as white while going with my grandfather and she you know she could get in places he couldn't and she was very fair skinned um, her parents were black, but you know she was just mm-hmm. very, very fair skinned. So yeah, yeah, you never yeah, know. Well, I mean, you never know. I mean, um, you know, we've had quite a few, you know, very fair skinned black people that you be like. Well, I mean, you know, you say to yourself, "Wait, hold on, are you sure that person's black?" <laughs> you know, right. that type of thing. You know, so, but, um. And back then, of course, I mean, of course, he wasn't going to do too much bragging that he was black, of course, right. back then, you know. So, but apparently he liked hanging around with black people and, you know, and he had a black girlfriend, which I didn't mm-hmm. know. I didn't, never knew that either. So Yeah, you know, well, so. Um, just to caveat to that, they said that he uh, he loved women. So, I think. Well, I, no. I, yeah. well he was definitely. Now, I knew he was a ladies man. Yeah, yeah, he always had women around. I just didn't yeah. know he had a black girlfriend, you know. So, well, at, at so, one but point, they, yeah, yes. they always talked at one point. Yes. Okay, because they talked about his. Yeah, they said he was a woman. He was, you know, he, you know, he loved the women. Yeah, mm-hmm. he definitely loved the women. So, and well, he was a I'm, big drinker too. So he was I a mean, big time drinker yeah, too. So. You know, sounds like a black man to me. What you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. All right. Okay. Well. All right, babe. All right, I hear you. Okay, I ain't mad at you, brother. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> you know, so, so, so Dave, Dave, uh, now we gotta we gotta get our uh, 
Babe Ruth merchandise and sported during Black History Month. That's right. Oh, yeah. they, you I'm know, a, they go I'm crazy. A, I'm a descendant of... I'm a descendant of Babe Ruth. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So, uh, moving to moving on to our last thing for tonight, which is Leonard's favorite um, segment, Dave's Corner. Um, so, this is what I'm going to be asking tonight to Mr. Leonard Young and see what he has to do. He's he's still trying to hedge on me about last week's question. Let's see what happens this week. You know, so. Um, what would you do if you only had 24 hours to live? What would you be on? What would be on your bucket list as the last five things you do with your time left? You got 24 hours. You got yep. five things that you that you have that you want to do mm-hmm. in 24 hours. What yep. do you think your five things would be? Um, so, and this is in no particular order, so nobody gets offended. Um, of course, it's, of course, it's not in any order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. Um, I'm going to spend time with my kids. You know, tell them how much I love them. Mm-hmm. You know, um. You know, just all that. Maybe, maybe tell them some parent stuff. I, ain't, you know, I was waiting for them to become adults to tell them, but you know, tell them now. Um, I would also spend time with my wife. You know, get to tell her all the stuff and, you know, say my last goodbyes. Um, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean, Dave. Um, then I would. <laughs> I would. Then the, the other thing I would want to, I would want to make sure all my stuff together. So, I mean, of course, you know, I have a will, but, um, I just have like, Dave, I have a lot of random business stuff that nobody would know but me. Like, okay. Um, you know, like nobody knows my Facebook account information or my Instagram or, um, I have about 30 different domains through GoDaddy. Like, no, nobody has that. Pa- you know, like I go through all that stuff because, you know, it may not be a, a, you know, it's almost like baseball cards. Like it may not be a lot of money, but you add them up and it may be some, some change. Okay. Um, well, we have to talk about that. You can let me know about all that stuff. I'll take care of it. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Well, here, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you know after I pass away, you know, we'll, we'll get together after I pass. <laughs> um, yeah, then good. I would uh, spend time. Well, my last two would really be spending time. I mean, and I know it's 24 hours ain't a lot of time, but spending time with my parents and my friends friends and family, you know, just being able to, you know, see everybody one last time. So who would be, okay, you named everything, but what would be your last stop? Which one would be your last stop? I'm just curious. Yeah. Uh, friends and or family. And family. Yeah. So it'd be kids, okay, wife, stuff in order, parents, friends. So I mean, friends would probably be last. Okay. <laughs> what, what what about okay. you, Dave? Right. I, I know you got your answer uh, all planned okay. out. Wait, hold on. Wait, uh, wait, hold on. Let me go back to the friends part. Okay. So, is there certain friends you're going to be hanging with? Yeah, there are. And how many friends? I mean, did, did, just the, the important is it a ones. Group of friends? Yeah, it's going to be just the important who's, who's, ones. Yeah, it, yeah, it probably like will. Um, I mean, I mean, your name's probably not. <laughs> your name's probably not on the list, <laughs> but um. You know, I, it, I just wanted to hear it out loud. I just wanted to hear that part out loud. That's all, you know. Yeah, so. I mean, you know, like, I mean, what I would do is I would send out a text message, you know, maybe put something on social media, 
for all my friends that like come over to the house. You probably wouldn't come because you'd probably be asleep. But um, you know, all, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you know, all the other ones come over and you know, all the other ones. Yeah, okay, it, right. it, it it would almost be like a repast, but I still be here. You know what I mean? Oh, you still be here. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we we know um, Dave, Dave, you you probably be asleep, so you you wouldn't make it over. You you probably call yeah. me right right when I got like three or four minutes left, and I'd be like, Dave, like I I just I, I got to see you in the after is, left after life. That is too funny. That is too funny. Okay, uh, um, no, that's just your excuse for not having to invite me, but that's a whole nother story. So. Um, so you're saying okay. my excuse for not having to invite you because last time I invited you, yeah, because you you're gonna say because you're gonna say. Uh, <laughs> That has nothing to do with if you're you, dying, man. I'm gonna be there. Well, I could have died that night. You wouldn't have been there. You, you were napping. Uh, yeah, but you, you, in this scenario, you're dying. So okay, that's so what, so that's, so from uh, yeah. from now on, I have to tell you, I'm dying. <laughs> 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 okay, all right, I got it. Okay, all right, yeah, all right, yeah, whatever. Anyway, all right. So so Leonard just gave his his five guys so you know uh in no particular order as he put it so uh, of course you know i'm not invited to the last friends gathering the last supper <laughs> i'm not invited to the right. last supper so yeah so all right let's keep that in mind well i jotted down some for myself too because i know you're going to ask me anyway so um so I guess the, and I did mine in a particular order, like, you know, always do, because I'm not you. Um, so the fifth thing, now keep in mind, my day starting at 6 a.m. in the morning. I, I got this scripted out, okay? So I'm jumping on a, I'm jumping on a jet plane, and I'm going to the Coruscant Islands and spend some time there, just on the beach, because the, the beautiful, it's so beautiful there, and I love the water and everything there. I would just go there and spend a couple of hours there, and uh, just to uh, take it all in, breathe the air, and just see some fantastic scenery. <laughs> yeah, some real fantastic scenery uh, <laughs> before I die. You know that definitely. I would definitely do that. <laughs> don't even do it. Don't even do it. Whatever you think, don't I'm even dead. do it. I, 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 I already <laughs> okay. know where you're going. I already know where you're going. <laughs> so, so that would be one thing. Um, I would jump back on the plane, get back over here, and spend time with my kids would be the next thing I would do. I would call them up, say, hey, look, I need to, you know, hopefully I can see them all. The, my daughter she might be the hardest one because she's in North Carolina. So, I don't, you know, it takes five, six hours to get up here. But maybe I have to do her FaceTime or whatever. But I just want to see and talk to all of my kids. Okay. Number three, going to have one last meal. Got to go to my spot, the Cheesecake Factory, and and, and, and just pick out. I can't go to I can't go to Shady Maple for that last trip, <laughs> you know. So I gotta, I'm, right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna go to the Cheesecake Factory and get my eat on. Okay, yeah. So that's you know, uh, and I might I might do it with with a couple friends. Uh, 
president company might be excluded because he might be asleep. So, uh, nah, but, or up. in Houston or in Houston somewhere or, or down, down in, in Mexico because he's never around. So, um, then number two, I would have a long talk with God. I would spend some time just having that talk, you know, letting them know, you know, going over my life, uh, letting them know that, um, you know, asking for forgiveness as far as the mistakes that I've made, but also making peace about other things and then just getting myself prepared for my final breath. Now, Dave, so, do you do that, you want to do you want to wait to have that long talk with God? Because uh, in about about four more hours, you're gonna have a real long talk with him. Or, <laughs> or do or do, do do you just want to prep him? You know, start uh confessing your sins before you get there for no, for, yeah, for, every, for all the manly every... for all the manly deeds you you done broken down here on earth. <laughs> Everything, everything's going to come out in that talk. You know, I'm going, I'm going to give them the preliminary stuff. You know, because when I get up there, you know, we ain't going to talk about any of the stuff up there because I'm going to be there with them. You know, I ain't got to talk about it. This, this is the preliminary, this is the preliminary stuff that I need to talk about in order to make sure I get there. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, so that's that's why I'm going to have that long talk. So, all right, don't be don't be questioning me, man. That's what I'm going to do. So, and the last thing is I'm going to spend time with that special person in my life. And then I would close my eyes because I would say it's it's over now. Everything that I needed to do has been done. But you, you, what, what was your number five again? You asked me what was on my number five. I can't stand you, man. <laughs> I said I would spend time with that special person in my life. That's what I said. You heard me. Okay. Okay. Got it. All right. <laughs> anyway, and I would definitely, um, that last, that, you know, so. When I close my eyes, you know the the the, the mortician would probably say to myself, "How can I get that, that that crazy grin off his face that he got on his grin on his face?" Because you know I went out the right way, man. That's why. <laughs> so what you say? You went? Yeah, I went to the, a so, bang. Huh? Yeah, went out with a bang. Yeah, or, that's or, right. Or, or, or was it a, like like pops from? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Oh man, I don't know so, where yeah, you're going no, with it, Dave. You always I, try to start. You try to start. You I don't, even, I don't even know why you took there. it there, but I get it. Wait, hold on. You took it there earlier. I just didn't elaborate on it, but you did. You took it there too. Don't even try it. You know, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't closing your eyes watching TV. I'm sure. So, yeah, you didn't. You know, because you you don't watch TV that much anyway. So, anyway, uh, so. But that's what I would do. 
Okay. I mean, sounds good. Well, let me ask this, and I'll, I'll make it quick because we done blown this <laughs> let up. Let me yet. ask this. Okay. All right. If you knew you had twenty four hours, would you would you be scared, nervous? Oh yeah, there definitely would be some anxiety and some, but then. I guess there would be a certain calm that would come over me at some point during that 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Because especially if I was able to do some of the things I wanted yeah. to do prior to that, and I felt good about doing those things. Right. Especially spending time with the kids, making sure that they're all in a good place, you know, about me passing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, also, just... Just um, feeling that I've done everything I needed to do at that point. Right. You know, so, but yes, there would be some anxiety leading up to it. But then I would definitely um, hope that by that point that, you know, I'd be at peace at that when I close my eyes. Sure. So, I get it. Would same thing for you, or would it? Yeah, would you be, no, I, no. I mean, de- definitely nerves, you know, because uh, yeah. Um, and let me go quiet and peacefully, you know. Yeah, right, right. That's 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 important. I mean, you know, if you if you're fortunate enough to be able to choose the way that you go, that's really cool. Right. Uh, well, that you well that you know you're <laughs> going to go. <laughs> let me put it that way that you know yeah. you're going to go but then you know you know because you've been told that this is going to happen that you're okay with it you know so um i think that would be pretty cool that's why i thought this was a pretty decent question to ask yeah. um i like to know what you guys think that are listening to the show um you guys are always great with giving us feedback and everything so um yeah definitely uh let me and len know what you guys would do in your last, with the last uh, uh, 24 hours of your life and the things that you would do during that time, um, you know, feel free to drop us a line and let us know what you're thinking. Okay. Um, And speaking of like, uh, just wanted to say, uh, you know, we lost uh, one of our great leaders over the last weekend this past weekend, right? Um, uh, Dr. Aretha Morton, Bishop Aretha Morton. Um, she's been a civil rights leader, a very uh, activist here in, in Delaware. Everybody who came from Wilmington or parents came from here, grandparents, everybody knew, you know, Aretha Morton. And um, she definitely was a pillar in the community. And, um, you know, people really, people really uh, appreciated her, and and um, you know, it's Black History Month. She definitely is a part of Black history here in 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 Delaware, especially Wilmington. Um, so we just want to say our condolences to the family of Dr. Bishop Aretha Morton. Okay. Anything you want to add before we sign off, sir? Uh, nope. I just want to wish everybody a great week and uh, catch our Friday show. Okay. Yeah, uh, definitely tune in on Friday where we'll probably be uh, talking some more black uh, black history stuff. Um, 
you know, we got a lot of feedback from the last couple shows that we did, so we look forward to having some more fun on Friday. Okay? All right, with that being said, we're going to say good night, and thank you for listening. Tune in next week, ladies and gentlemen, for another edition of News and Trends with your hosts, Dave and Lynn.